When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. What's up, y'all? This your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Hey, do you have bad credit and minimal capital and want to get started in real estate? Hi, my name is Sharnice. And I'm Byron. And we are the Mobile Home Elite Investors. If you are a newer season investor and looking to invest as low as $5,000 and see returns between 100% upwards to 500% return on investment, we have a course for you. Our Elite eCourse gives you all the secrets and strategies you need to become a successful mobile home investor. Find us on www.mobilehomeeliteinvestors.com. See you soon. Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast, the podcast dedicated to normalizing black wealth and sharing helpful tools and resources that we believe will be useful for attaining and maintaining generational wealth. I am your host, David Bellard. Welcome to episode six of the podcast. We want to thank you guys for constantly supporting us. This week, we have hit 50,000 followers on Instagram, and it is all thanks to you. So we want to thank you for being so awesome. Now let's get into the show. What's up? What's up? What y'all did this weekend? My man... I was working on Black Wolf Renaissance stuff, man, working on the articles that we got coming out sometime this week, and uh, then I got called in for the job. Kind of rushed me. Kind of messed me over. I was kind of in the middle of cooking. <laughs> it is what it is. Job. You finished the meal, son? Did you finish the plan? Oh, son, the meal is sitting on the counter right now. Oh, man. Still. <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> Uh, I just filled out some job applications, really. That was most of my weekend, just trying to get a job, man. I'm hoping that was well, looking like one of my main job uh, options. It pays well, but it's not somewhere I want to go. <laughs> it's in Iowa. So I'm trying to get some other options possibly lined up. What's the biggest city in Iowa? Probably yeah, Des Moines. Yeah, Des Moines. Or Des Moines, sorry, I mispronounced it. Hey, you'll never get anything by Iowa. No. Yeah. Pretty. I think about paying good, so I was like, I'll go, and plus I don't have many other options. But ooh, I, I, I'm gonna be cold. <laughs> yeah. That's hard, my brother. Uh, I, I went to my fraternity stuff show, Golden Explosion, so that was pretty fun. Had a pretty eventful weekend. The special show was lit. 
they gave away some scholarships. Yeah. I'll leave the button. I'm salty. I couldn't go. <laughs> Ice cold. Uh, yeah, man. For my weekend, man, we just had a, a party for my grandma. Turned 90, man. So it was pretty cool. Got to celebrate with the family. Did a lot of work. Of Did course, a lot of as work. Always. You know, when you in the family, you, the young person, they make you do work. Especially a young man. Young man, young able-bodied man. A lot of lifting stuff. A lot of moving stuff. A lot of cooking. Driving. But it's great, man. Grandma 90 is a blessing. Hey, Remember the death. Yeah. More life. We gonna wish him many more years to come. Amen. Definitely. Before we get into like what we gonna talk about today, y'all heard about what happened? What was going on with Walmart? I heard some stuff, but I don't know exactly. Man, it's crazy. So you know how we always talk about the economic side over here, like jobs are getting eliminated. Well, a couple weeks back, Walmart announced that they were eliminating like the greeter position, just waving that shit and stuff. Mm-hmm. In that position. Now, this week, and some robots. Exact figure. I think it's like It's another 900 of those big towers for the pickup. It's all kind of stuff. But we're seeing it right now. Like, this is the economic tidal wave. There aren't going to be any more people stocking shelves in Walmart Thanks. or cleaning floors. Dang, that's two positions eliminated. How many people you see cleaning floors and stocking shelves in Walmart? A lot, especially at night. That's most of the night shifts. Yeah, that's a night job, and that's one of the better paid positions Walmart has. Yeah, we knew people that did that in school. That was like one of the ways that they were able to work was because it was a night shift. So that that really sucks. Yeah, hard. Everybody out there, y'all stay up on games. Don't don't get caught sleeping. Yeah, economic tidal wave. It's coming. It's it's came. It's here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Can't even. Yeah. Don't get washed out. Better learn how to swim. You better learn fast. <laughs> oh, Speaking of, can I can I bring up one more random, just thing before we get on topic? Yeah. I saw uh, something on Twitter earlier that I just thought I thought was the coolest stuff ever. This uh, school was doing, uh, they had an after-school program uh, that was helping get a lot of the kids out of, like, trouble. And it was like they could come on uh, Fridays and Saturdays. I think it was, like, weekends, basically. They would come to the school after hours, and it was just a safe place for the kids to hang out. And, like, they didn't have to worry about, you know, any guns or any drugs, anything like that. And I just thought that was really cool. It was like uh, this black dude as a principal. He had set up the program, um, and they had different stuff that would bring kids out, like actual stuff that I, we know kids would be interested in. Like they had a studio, and they were like they could come and record if they wanted to, uh, if they wanted to do that at the school on Friday nights and stuff like that. You know, just to try to keep people out of trouble. I just thought that was like a really cool thing. And another thing that I thought was really cool about it. Um, one thing we talk about as far as economics and black people is like a need to support ourselves and like a need to pool our money and be able to work together and that's actually what they were doing the funding for that program came from the community and so it was like that was a really cool example to me that's fine yeah I just thought that was cool 
that's fire, bro. I'm glad you kind of got on the economic side of things because that's exactly what we're talking about today. We're going to move into We always talking about how black businesses need to support one another. Uh, it was a post we made a while back, right, Kelly? I can't remember exactly when. But we had asked people to tag a black business. And we noticed that over 70% of those businesses were in one of three industries. Either. I, I want y'all to guess. Just figure it out. Just take a while, guess, Jared. Um, T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else we got? Oh, I know hair is, because I get followed by a million hair pages. So it was, it was a hair of beauty. Something like that, because everybody's a makeup artist. Yep. Uh, let me see. I, I I don't know a third one. What what was that? You know a third you know one. Know the third one. Cooking or something? Yep. Amen. The trifecta. <laughs> I know a lot of people are. One thing I really like with the cooking, I like that people are bringing a lot of variation with as far as like vegan options to old school foods that people like. Or like healthier options to foods that people like, soul foods options, options and stuff like that. I think that's really cool. Because then people still comfortable with what they eating, but you eating healthier, you know. So. Yeah, that was that was the three industries that I seen that was by far the most popular, most common. We all we everybody, I think pretty much everybody here knows somebody that's in those three industries. Yeah. One of the one, yeah. one of the three at least. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. I was about to say with the hair and beauty, you can even put like a barber shop in that one too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shoot, technically, I, it's not the entirety of what we do, but t-shirts falls under ours too, because in clothing, because look, look at what David got on, and <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. But it kind of go back to the differentiation thing that you had mentioned, like with the food industry. That's what we want to get on today. Because there's so many of us in these three spaces, I feel like today would be a good day to kind of talk about how we can kind of get a leg up in those type of industries because they're, they're overcrowded with us. So we want to kind of give some ideas and tricks to help people grow their businesses in those industries. With the first industry, we got the food industry. Now, uh, that's the biggest one. I know everybody and their mama want to own a restaurant. Yeah. Jalen and I actually were just talking earlier today about okay, <laughs> like nice. a snowball. <laughs> so like, it's just one of those things. I don't know why it's in our culture. I think we just really like as black people, we love cooking. Love food. I think we love oh, our yeah. food, but like, you gotta also think we did one. We was in college. We sold plates. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Sold plates. But you just got, it's a need that people do need. It's like, you're serving people that's hungry. <laughs> Everybody get hungry. But see, like. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. You gotta, it, it's a need, but it's technically not a need because there's so many other options. 
which is like all of these industries. Like they sound like technically you need all three of these things, but they really come down to like a want basis. Yeah. Like I need a haircut, but I don't necessarily have to get a haircut to live. Yeah. That type of thing. And, and I do want to point out something that it's not it's not wrong to start these industries, you know. Like I think it's great that these people that there are people in these industries. I think we just want to point out if you want to get into this industry or if you're already in this industry, how to differentiate yourself away from the others because there's so many. Right. That was that was one thing I always um, kind of wanted to impart to people and kind of get that message across. So like people can be in the same space. It's just how you differentiate yourself and how you make your business special that will help you succeed and the other companies can still also succeed. Because, you know, just because one day I want, you know, this one option doesn't mean I won't come for the other option that is special in your own way another day. So, without further ado, we'll get into the food industry. Like, the food industry, like we said, one of those things everybody wants to be in it. Uh, there's a lot of things with the food industry people don't talk about. One being the profit margin. Yeah. Uh, that that's one of the biggest stresses in the food industry that a lot of people don't really think about when they go into it because it's a lot of ex- it's a lot of overhead that's difficult to avoid in the food industry. Um, you gotta follow rules and regulations. You got rules and regulations. Health code. Health code. You got spoilage. That's that's the biggest thing. What's yeah. spoilage? Like you got food that nobody buys, and then you gotta throw it away, mm-hmm. or you can give it away. That's a different, yeah. different topic. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, with the food industry, it's more than one way to separate your restaurant. I was listening to a podcast, uh, the Earn Your Leisure podcast. The owner of a restaurant named Homemade, he was giving out his his blueprint for his restaurant and the way he did, like he kind of circumvented a lot of those issues that we just were talking about. Yeah. Because instead of like with the spoilers, for instance, he doesn't cook food in big batches. He cooks to order. So like he his restaurant worked a certain way to where his food would be on an order only type basis. Or like he he just, he kept his hours like in a real strict range. He didn't really hire that many people. Like he, it's ways around things. There's a lot of, I noticed a lot of uh, barbecue places do that around um, around cook to order. And that, and that creates not only a place for you to not worry about spoilers a lot, but it also creates a, like a, a want for certain things a little bit more. So it makes you more enticed to go. So go get certain things a little earlier because you know they might run out because they only have so much. Chicken and Uncle Lux. <laughs> hey, shout out to Uncle Lux and that chicken again. <laughs> same type of setup though. Uncle Lux got that same setup where it's like I'm open from 12 to 3 on Tuesday through Thursday and then Friday and Saturday I might be open till 6 o'clock but I'm not going to be open all day. So he just catches rush and then go on about his way, huh? Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of one of the things that I think a lot of people need to to do when it comes to getting into the food industry. People want to be they want to be like a chain restaurant right away. Yeah, you got it, girl. They want to be McDonald's. They want to be they want to be like Burger King, like where people just pull up all the time and get their food. 
I guess not McDonald's or Burger King, more like Olive Garden or something. I don't know. What do people really go to restaurants these days? Everybody goal is different, bro. Yeah. I think another way to like cut down on the cost, like you were saying, David, would be like a food truck. Because you don't have so much overhead with all of the, the building itself. You can pop up whenever you want. You don't have to worry about all the electricity and stuff. But you just have that one little food truck. It's like a pop-up shop for food, you know? You can you can post on social media. I think one of the biggest ways to get a presence out there would be social media if you are trying to get into the food truck space. Yeah. You're able to pop up and create a little presence through that social media game. That'd be cool. Yeah, and people like people like that type of stuff. Yeah, like I know one time I was with my cousin. It's a uh, food truck out here. They call it Bad News, and they just they got a text club. So what you do is you sign up for the text club, and then they just, just shoot out, shoot you out, like where they're gonna be, at. and they're gonna be there from this time to this time. And they pull up outside of like corporate office building and things like that. So that not only they pulling up on somewhere where they could have customers already. Mm-hmm. And then they also texting customers, so now you win in both ways. Cause yeah, that's you're getting cool. that foot traffic to everybody walking out outside for lunch. Because I mean, think about it: you walk outside, they got this food truck here, food smelling good. good. What? Food smelling good. You gonna you gonna hit that up? Man. Yeah, you gonna you gonna wanna go get that. As long as the price ain't ridiculous, they ain't busting kids. I think that's one of the biggest things with a food truck is that you can see how many people are there at the time. You can see if you pull up to a food truck and you see a lot of people, it makes you enticed to, hey, maybe they got something good over there and it's smelling good. Let me let me go see what's going on over there. And also with that, that texting service is also good because you get in direct contact. Like you said you get in direct contact with your customers, especially in this day and age with all the data. You got their phone number. Everything is updated these days. So another week. To kind of like help you process out, kind of playing into the whole data thing, would be to do online order and do like made to order type dishes. So like the homemade who had homemade, what he said was he had like his chicken and waffles. So say he got to text the club or the online order center, he might hit everybody up that day and say I'm making chicken and waffles, and they got till such and such time to hit him back. And if they don't hit him back by that time, they don't get that order made. But that way he reduces spoilers because if he only gets 16 orders and he only took 16 orders, he made maximum profit off of them. Right. And like you were saying with the delivery, what I was thinking is like, if you don't have the overhead to pay for people to drive for you, use third parties like Uber and Waiter. It makes it so much easier now. Yeah, they got so many different options. They got, like you said, Uber Waiter. They got uh, DoorDash. They yeah. got, um, I know out here they do Texas to go. It's a lot of different options, especially when it, when it comes to the delivery service. I wonder if Uber could do that. Like, find, if there's a way where, like, a food truck could set it up to where they just come to different locations. Oh, I don't know. I know, I know you can order through food, food trucks through Uber, but I don't know about that one. Really? You can do that? Yeah. Order. You can order. So if you go, I don't know. They do it for bigger cities. So <clears> you got to sign up for it, though. Like, your you company or, you can order uh, food truck services through Uber. Yeah. So like they'll do, like, Uber Eats from a food truck? Yeah. Yeah. That's something. You get enough buzz. You got to get a little buzz behind your name before you can do definitely, something like that. Definitely. No, you definitely need to. Oh, I mean, sometimes, but if you're at the right location, say you're only, if you're around a lot of hotels and you're only two or three blocks, 
They know yeah. they're gonna get their food fast. You open like they don't even have to be good. You know, you just want some food real quick. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. And which is my next point is uh, I think some people should start partnering with uh, with hotels and businesses. What I mean by that is I went when I went to New York uh, in December. Um, they had the hotel didn't actually have a food service. They didn't have like room service. They had um, uh, a restaurant down the street actually was their room service. So you would, especially, and they only did it in the morning. So for breakfast, you would just like write your order out on the door. And then that restaurant would come up and pick up all the orders and deliver it straight to your door, which is a cool way for them to get business. Yeah, that's pretty cool. They lock in an aesthetic client. Yeah. And you know, when you say something like that, it kind of reminds me also uh, when I was working in Houston in the office building where we were at, uh, we didn't have a cafeteria, but we had Miss um, Lane. And uh, Miss Lane was downstairs and she was in an area that looked like an office that had been cleared out, but a grill had been put in there along with like, she carried certain products like chips and drinks and stuff like that. And she would just make food, cook the order in that office. And that was how she did it. But everybody in the office, if they were ever hungry, just came straight down to her. And that was how like everybody in the office would eat for lunch and other people from other offices uh, and office buildings would also come there. Man, what? And then it was like she, her price points, you could tell she wasn't just killing everybody, but she was doing enough to make a profit. You know what I mean? What she was saying? She would make like uh, burgers, chicken sandwiches. Uh, she would do uh, shrimp for this one uh, girl that I knew that I worked with. She really just liked seafood. Uh, she would do that. She would just do a bunch of different stuff. Like in the morning, she had breakfast menu. So she would make like uh, muffins. She would make eggs, sausage, a bunch of different stuff. Like she would just be down there cooking. Yeah, she was going in. She was going in. But like I admired the way that she was doing her business because it was just right there in that office. And I had never seen anything like that before. Yeah. Tell me this. This link. That was, you said the office didn't have a cafeteria. Mm-mm. Did she have her own brick and mortar location off to the side? Mm-mm. That was her only location. Did she cook the food on site or? On site. On site. Okay. Cool. I was just confused at that part. Yeah, no, she would cook it on site because it was a little stove in that uh in the area. I don't know how they got that ran in there the way they did, but it was a little stove area in there and she just used that and she cooked. I kind of want to veer a little bit because that that Miss that Miss Link thing made me think about something that I wanted to bring up. With a lot of restaurants and a lot of black people that do it, a lot of people want to get into it and they want to have that brick and mortar location off the bank. Like that's how they want to do. They want I want this restaurant, but I think it's a better route to take the Miss Link type route, where it's like you just that Miss Link food truck type route, where it's I don't have a location. I don't have that over here. Mm-hmm. I'm serving the food. And then eventually, like, as you build your rapport up with your customers and your customer base, you can move up to get to those places. Mm-hmm. Kind of goes back to that thing, like, everybody want to be McDonald's right now, but you can't be McDonald's right now. Like, you got to work your way up. Another example with you using the food trucks to make it is KOK, bro. Oh, yeah. KOK, the restaurant here. Kitchen of Queens. 
they say Wayne, you know, Miles Lafayette, they started off with uh, like a food truck too. Well, I think they actually started out of a house, then they moved to the food truck. Now they have a brick and mortar location, and like every time I pass it, it's packed. Hey. Like they've been packed for when did they open? Like I don't our, even know when they opened. October. People been there all yeah. the time. They've been there. Yeah, it was October. They opened around the weekend of uh, UL's homecoming. So also got a great location directly across from college. Yeah, like they they got prime location and everything. So I really commend them too. So y'all did y'all thing, man. Which is another factor to consider when getting into the restaurant business. When the brick and mortars, I think a lot of people hop into it real fast yeah. and they don't think about location. Because yeah. location is a huge, huge part of the, the restaurant industry. Yeah. If you ever notice, uh, the largest fast food chains are always off the interstate. Any, any major intersection, you're going to see a large fast food chain. They yeah. get prime real estate. They do. So that's another factor to consider if you want to get into the business and stay in the business. You can't just have your restaurant. Um, another option that you could use for a restaurant would be like a customer or a loyalty program where the customer visits so many times you can give them maybe give them a card where like a business card or something where you can hole punch how many times they've been. Maybe on the fifth time they they come into your business, you give them a free item or a half off. You know, something like that. That entice people to keep coming. Just being a value for them and everything. Something like that or like a referral program. Referral program or something. Like, oh, such and such told me, like, you get them half off the next minute, you know, you refer a friend. Yeah, that would be pretty dope. I ain't gonna lie. It's, it's way... Because it, I think when people... And whenever you don't have, like, a brick-and-mortar location to start, and you just kind of doing it like a home-based operation, stuff like that is very possible. Because mm. without the overhead, you can take a loss on the food. You can cut your profit margin on the food. Because it's not a razor thin profit margin. Yeah, some days you might have your hit and miss. Uh, another thing, people who do have large restaurants, if I don't know if y'all know this or not, alcohol is another way where people make a lot of money. Alcohol will make that money. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't have your liquor license or whatever learn your state laws and see what you need to obtain your liquor license and that way you can drive some sales in your business I don't want that I'm 90% sure alcohol is how most major yeah. restaurants stay open one thing I would also add is uh, you know know and understand your trends so like know when your slow days are and when your good days are and what products are good and what ones aren't really working as well and then from there, you can do things to counteract that. Like Sonic, uh, you know, the Sonic drive-thru, they looked at the fact that, okay, midday, we don't have a lot of people that come and buy drinks. And what did they introduce? Happy hour. Now happy hour is one of their busiest times of the day. They always, people coming in and, and you know, trying to get the cheaper drinks or the half-off drinks. They're not taking that much of a loss on the drinks, but it's just spiking those times when they wouldn't have had this. So it's like with, with the food industry, you could try to do the same thing. And a lot of people do, or a lot of restaurants already do that. So, you know, you might try to imitate what they do. Like, um, I'm trying to think, shoot, wing place. A lot of wing places do like 50 cent wings on Wednesdays, or they'll do like half off wings on Wednesdays. Uh, you know, different things like that to where just try to draw in people on days where they wouldn't have usually had a large crowd. So that might be something to think about as well. Yeah, that was a good time. 
So I think we're going to go into the hair and makeup industry. So with the hair and makeup industry, I wanted to just kind of discuss like different ways you could differentiate on this. Um, and in, in, in this this realm, I am talking about salons and uh, different makeup artists and stuff like that, so, as well as barbershops. So I'm including all in one. It's just the industry itself. Um, okay. But my first point would be online booking. So I know some people have started doing it. Um, one of my barbers does it, um, where you can start booking online. So you, how many times have we called up to the the barbershop to see how many people in line or call to see when they're available? Well, you, there's there's apps that you that your barber can sign up to, and you can see that immediately from your phone. You can sign up your get your appointment done from your phone. That would help barbers out so much. Books is one of those apps. It's just saying, oh, uh, well, and they don't pay us or anything. This is not an ad. I just know I've used it for helping some of my friends set up some of their business. So that was pretty dope. I think they charge maybe, they charge a certain percent uh, a month or whatever, but it's not that much. And I mean, honestly, something like that is worth it because yeah. as do we all know the struggle of going to the barbershop and sitting there for hours on end, it it would be so much more convenient to if you could set up an appointment time and not be charged a large additional fee for that appointment. Right. Because I think that's one of the big drawbacks of appointments, the way barbers currently doing them. Like, if every haircut was appointment-based versus like, oh, you made, a, you made this appointment, so I'm gonna have to charge you $10 extra. Well, the way my friend set it up, it was like they had to pay a deposit, which was half of whatever they were doing. So if the person canceled on no show, they still got their half for them. Oh yeah, you the, gotta get your money. Yeah, up front. so it was good on the business, like on and all that the can person be making them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fire. <laughs> so like, that's the way my, my my barber does it. He you pay you actually pay for it when you set it up the appointment. Yeah, oh, that's cool. So you don't have to worry about having cash on you. That's another thing, because I'm the worst person with cash. I never have cash on me. I hate having to go to the ATM just to get a haircut. My barber used to use a square. <laughs> That's another thing a lot of barbers could invest in. Yep, the square. Yeah. And it's really cheap. It's like a dollar or it's like free for the thing. Not bad for the square reader. Or oh. even uh so using Cash App or Zelle and stuff like that. Another way for you to just have be more efficient in today's times. Yeah, I know one thing that I um, it's not exactly the same as phones, but that I think would make a or excuse me, not phones, but it's, <laughs> it's not the same as a uh, quick, easy ways to like transaction. But uh, I, one thing I think a lot of barbershops would. Improve. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prove off of and just people in the hair industry in general would be social media presence. Uh, like increasing their social media presence because like the all the barbershops in my hometown don't have websites. Oh, that's huge. I, I do see, I see more barbershop pages now. I see barbers on Instagram. Yeah, like, I don't see Instagram. barber websites like he's saying. Like, I, I see barbers all over Instagram because that's a that's a great way to get your clientele up. Like, 
people can see your work in real time. You got yeah. clients, comments. It's kind of like oh, almost like a Yelp type thing for your haircuts because you can see it all live right there. I actually think like does the hair industry and social media really has transcended the game for it though. Like even with people in hair shops and stuff, you know how many weave pages there are. Like like people that sell hair. Follow by a thousand every day. Exactly. Like. There's so many people out there trying to sell that, or like people out here doing box braids. You know how many girls on campus you could have ran into that doing braids? On the side, yeah, makeup. And then post it on Instagram and they get a larger follow. Like some of them girls really be making some bank. They do. I wanna, I wanna go into uh, like the social media. Um, one of the biggest things you can do is do like a discount for following. Or if you referrals, we tagged a couple people on, on under the post, so that and that'll help you get your Instagram following up as well as gain more customers because they're gonna come because of discount. And just leveraging social media in general, especially when you when you're doing something that can be uh, pictured or video, something that can be seen. You know what I'm saying? Visually seeing how you cut a person's hair and what it went from before and after. And uh, I'd even go as far as like saying some people like. Who, some friends we have like who we know with GGTV getting somebody who does actual video work to come in and do a commercial for your uh, your barbershop yeah, or doing yeah. you know a video a 30 second video that you can use on Instagram and Twitter or stuff like that for you know and you might be able to find somebody that can do that for you that can design that and then it'll be a cool little commercial yeah like a little before and after time lapse type video yeah and video is the best Best way form of media right now, as far as advertisements, it's the, it's the most effective type of post on yeah. social media. Yeah. On our page, even like videos, do better than anything. I the think, thing I'm about to say with like the barber and hair industry, that guy that we posted on the page recently with the mobile barber shop that was dope. That's like that, that, that just changing. blew my mind. I was like, that is so like innovative, but. If you can start putting up on people, hey, I got a mobile barbershop. Like, I know people that pull up with like clippers and stuff, but dude has the whole van. Like, he got the chair in there. Like, in the UK. What, what, what was his, what's I, his I, name? I don't remember his name, but he's a guy in the UK. Hey, shout out to homie, man. I'm about to go find his Instagram. I'm I think that's huge because, especially, I've seen one out here and they had a lot of people in there. Um, especially in this industry, in the oil and gas industry, guys be on location or work for hours upon hours. They don't have time to go get a haircut. You know, they work when they work when it, when it's dark and they get home when it's dark. They don't have time to go get a haircut. So you're able to pull up to a location or pull up to work and let them get a haircut on while on, while they're on their break. Man, that's clutch. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot of clientele from there. And you pull. It's not like you just pulling up with clippers. No, you pulling up with a whole shop, a van with a chair. Hey. With a chair, yeah, that was cool. Mirror, come on, stop playing. But at that point, it's kind of the same effect as uh, like a food truck. You have the mobility advantage to where you know you can pull up to the office building, you can pull up in almost anywhere. You can pull up to an event. Hey, what's good? You know, I can cut people wherever. Like, and I knew whenever I was in Dallas, my barber. Uh, whenever I was out there, they had. I think it was the combine hat was out in Dallas that year. Like draft day, I think was draft day in Dallas last year. Uh, I think so. It was in Dallas last year, and like 
he went pull up to the draft date with his uh, clippers and he was like, I'm about to just cut some people hair. I know some people need it. Uh, but like with the van, it's just, it'll make it. Plus, I know some barbers, they got to pay like fees, or not even like just barbers, yeah, like, all that. Them, like that can cut all of that for you. That's another overhead. I think uh, the biggest thing with, with all these industries is going to be location and uh, um, just basically getting close to the, the customers, the, the convenience of it. Just right. the convenience and location are going to be two key things if you want to get an edge in these industries. Yep. Any industry, honestly. Right. People will pay for convenience. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you that. All right. And and try to make sure if you can make that make that convenience even better for them and bundle it. You know what I'm saying? I saw uh back it had been a few months back, Andre C. Hatchet had posted something about um when those uh black women had went in that nail shop and they had that issue with uh the lady that was servicing them or whatever. Um, he had said, go find a black nail tech and then black nail techs do all, do like four or five black women's nails at the same time and they could just pay you a bundle fee. And instead of going to a shop, they can just keep going to those people, you know what I'm saying? So it's a way to pass around a black dollar if you're making a way for your service to be a deal. And it's a way that you can help multiple people at one time and build your clientele. It's just about you being able to find a deal around whatever service you offer. That's uh, I like to see that, too, that uh, black nail tech. Like that. It's, it's, I see Where? it starting to come, but like, hey, women, we need to support our uh, black women. Because I've heard women say, I'm not going to go to like a black person to get my nails done. Like, they'd rather go to like the uh, Asian people, but I'm like, why? Sweet. I don't know. Yeah. You, you, why not own what you consume and circulate the dollar and what we consume the most? Like it, it's one of those things that group economics, we always talk about wealth, wealth building, closing the wealth gap. And that's the, the major way, that's the only way. Honestly. Yeah, we gotta spend with each other. I think I think one, one problem, or not problem, but one reason that is is because uh, I was watching, somebody was saying something about it on Instagram. I once, it might've been Andre Hatchet again, but um, somebody I was watching, they were saying something about needs-based businesses. We don't, we as black people don't think about enough needs-based businesses. Yeah. Like we, a lot of, you know what I'm talking about? We think about like different stuff that, that we want to go, you know, want to open up that sounds cool, but think about stuff that you do every day that you already spend money on. Might as well own it. Like nails, how many women get their nails done on a weekly basis, bi-weekly basis? A lot. You could be another, you could be paying another African-American woman that same money that you're paying to somebody else outside of our community. You know what I'm saying? Because they're not going to spend money in our community. That, no. If we don't do it, who will? Big facts. Because I'm not sure about y'all, but, and maybe this is just me, I don't see a bunch of white women walking around with their nails done all the time. Um, I do. I see. I see a lot. Of not. Not. I'm talking about the the hookup. Like, I got four, five different colors. Oh no! I glitter, that. all that stuff. <laughs> That's the stuff that they taxing on. Well, see, I don't know all the prices and stuff. On nah, he right. That extra detail is. I, I mean, same thing with anything. You know, if you tell your barber, 
you need, you know, something, a uh, whole extra big design done in your head, he might tell you, hey, for that extra 30 minutes, I'm gonna need a little scratch, you feel me? <laughs> but that's definitely, hey, that's that that whole little excerpt right there just needs to be important. We need more black nail techs. <laughs> Get in that space. You say that too, because like a lot of people pushing for black ownership in those spaces. Like, yeah, I seen today start a black business. They started an initiative. Initiative to get more black women owning in the hair industry because everybody knows weave, hair, makeup, billion dollar industry. A lot of people getting into the esthetician thing. A lot of people doing the lashes now. And the 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 hair is another big one. So just moving into all of these all together is what we where we be better benefited. I definitely agree. I do want to touch on something going back a little back to the social media part of it. I think the person that comes up with the, the like we said the video aspect of it and the advertising will start to advertising on social media and understands how to advertise in the area on social mm-hmm. media. Well, what's gonna come up is they're they're gonna be the ones that differentiate differentiate themselves away from a lot of people. I don't think there's enough nail techs or hair salons or barbershops that are advertising through social media, mm-hmm. and specifically Facebook or Instagram ads. Yeah. I agree. I those, agree. Those algorithms are, are made and they're pretty accurate. They they get to they get the stuff to the right people. Yeah, they do. And you know something, I'd go as far as even saying that for a lot of people. Like, it's gonna come a day soon. And for those people that wanna go ahead and invest in learning that, they might wanna start now. It's gonna come a day soon where like, even rappers are gonna have to pay their their marketing people the same way they pay their producers. Because those are gonna be the ones that are helping them get their- You paying them now, bro. Getting them out there. Real pump came to be. They paying exactly. them now, bro. <laughs> But I feel like a lot of a lot of African American people that are starting to do these types of businesses aren't thinking about them like that. If people are want to be a rapper, but they're not thinking of, or they want to be a makeup artist, they want to be a anything. And in today's day and age, they're not thinking, okay, I need to be able to run my own ads on Facebook or run my own ads on Instagram and do the other social media stuff like what Kelly's talking about. And they're gonna have to learn that or be willing to pay somebody else for it. Uh, and and all that stuff is free like just i'm sorry look hop on my soapbox really fast a lot of that information a lot of the the studying and the courses for that type of stuff is free uh google adwords how they teach you how to pop up on google and stuff like that and how much that costs free courses facebook has a bunch of free courses they want their they have an incentive as those business that are making money off of you spending with them for advertising to teach you how to use their advertising tools seek them and find them i promise they're out there for free you can learn how to advertise easy it's just putting in the time yeah i wanted to sit back on the notes though like with the loyalty program like where it says, you know, the free lineups are like a free latch appointment or something. Like, can y'all go into the detail with that? So I put that in and I was just talking about the loyalty program. So they have different apps um, that offer that will help you uh, basically contract your, your loyalty program. Yeah. Um, well, such apps are Belly, Spring Rewards, and Spingo. Uh, these are apps that just help you track it. So basically, you'll 
have somebody come pay, right? They'll pay for you. Yeah. They'll use that app maybe. And it'll track them coming in and how much they spend. And maybe you'll track it at if you, after you spend $50 at, at my hair salon, you know, you get a free free uh, cut or a free style. You know, or if you do, if you are a makeup artist, you get free lashes. These are different, just different marketing ways that you can differentiate yourself from the uh, other competition. And, and I also want to point out something. Don't don't think that just because we're talking about these three industries that you can't do it for any other ones. These are just marketing tips. All these yeah. are basic marketing tips. And it, it can go in for any industry. We just wanted to focus on these three because these are the three that we seen were really prevalent among our community. Yeah. Even like my best friend, he is a tattoo artist, bro. Like he can he uses some of this stuff, so you can use it for pretty much anything. Even if you like, if you're a person that's doing mobile detailing, if they're booking you, you can use those apps too. So it's for it's for anything. And the reward program. Yeah. Like these are just things that big businesses are doing, and we can try to copy. Yeah. Detail. Oh yeah, detailing. Because I mean. Detailing is a good one, especially, I think, I'm not sure if it's so much in other places, but in the South, like, that's a big thing. Cars are really big here. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want to go off on yeah, tangents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody loves cars out here. We're not going to do that too much. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the, the last industry, which will be clothing. So that, that's what I really want to, I want to get in on. I'm going to let you take the floor then. Because... Here's my thing with people in this dang clothing industry. Everybody want to make a t-shirt and say, buy my t-shirt, support our t-shirt brand. We're not, I, we want you to support our t-shirt. I understand that, but I don't, I hate when people say we don't support black businesses and your business is only a t-shirt. Yeah. Like, end of the day, that's a want-based business. I can buy a t-shirt from Walmart for $6. So, when it comes to getting into something like the clothing industry, you have to be very specific and nuanced in the, in the way you're getting into things. Like, you can't just make a shirt, throw a design on it, and be like, hey, guys, come support me. It's not going to work. Like, anybody can do that. Literally, anybody can do that. You got Printful these days. You got Canva. You can make a, make a design, make a shirt, sell it. Just like that. So you got to find ways to make, make yourself different. What would those ways be? Ways to make yourself different? Honestly, you gotta have a purpose behind what you're doing. There you go. You can't. You cannot just come and say I'm selling T-shirts. It it has to be a purpose. You have to have an aesthetic. You have to have. You have to have a a niche audience. Right. That's really the big. You have to have a niche audience. You gotta figure out what your audience is gonna be. What they want. What they want. And. You gotta you gotta make it to where they wanna they don't wanna support you, they want your product because they like your product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think and that's huge. That's, I think that's where a lot of people get lost with the, the t shirt businesses. Definitely. They don't, uh, they don't they don't find the audience. A lot of times they just stick with the same shirt. Sometimes that shirt might not sell. Maybe you just need to go back to the drawing board and revamp the shirt or something. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. 
um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And I see a lot of people, they, the shirt not selling, but they're not, they're targeting the same audience and they keep targeting the same audience. You got to figure out what you're, like I said, like, like David said, you got to find your audience. Nike doesn't appeal to, they don't just go try to advertise to the 38 year old gamer. That's not their audience. Their audience are people that that like sports or that are sporty. You know, you gotta find your target, find your target market, and then once you find them, find different ways to market to them. Find different logos, different designs and logos that'll that'll make them want to. Hey, you know, I like that. And that that fits well with my my compression shirt or something like that. You know, you gotta find ways to to target your audience. And to get a little deeper on it, when it comes to like targeting the audience, I, when it comes to the walk-based businesses, everything is emotional based because it's not something that you need, an aesthetic that you go for, that's where you should start beginning to look. What emotion do you wanna like create in this person? I go back to the Nike example, Nike with the just do it. With Nike, you think instantly you think sports. You think sports, you think getting things done. You think accomplishments. You, like Nike just has that type of prestige about it. So whenever you come into building a brand and building your your brand when it comes to clothing, you have to find ways to to build around those emotions. Great example, our friends at World of Vision. They did a good job of that. They came in with an aesthetic from the beginning. They came in and they told their story. They, they had their story. And it's their truth. Their truth is they want, they believe in you. They believe in the brand. No, I think that's huge, man. You gotta have, you gotta show your purpose in your brand. I think that's that's really huge. You gotta have, you gotta show your purpose. Not, you know how, like you just said, Nike just do. Like you, you, like you're saying, the accomplishment. You see their purpose of it. You gotta find your purpose and you gotta be able to ex- express it in your brand. Yeah, it's gotta have passion. And when it comes to clothing, clothing isn't just like, it, it's not just what you wear, it's a way you communicate to people. Yeah. Like the things you put on your body is almost like another form of marketing yourself, like self advertising. So if someone, if you want someone, that's in your niche audience to market themselves and your clothes it has to be something that appeals to them at, on a personal level. Um, another thing that you can do marketing wise, it would be influencers. Use influencers. Don't be afraid to to pay somebody to wear your shirt. You know, yeah. It's a great way to get your, to get a new audience. Definitely. If, if Nike and Adidas and all these other big companies out here are still paying people to wear their clothes being athletes, and celebrities, you definitely shouldn't think you're too much better. <laughs> Get these Instagram famous people, these Instagram celebs and stuff like that, you know, uh, popular Twitter people, whoever, to wear your stuff and they're advertising for you. Like, get those influencers to help you to get out to their communities and their uh, following. Like, uh, another to give an example, I think we all know somebody that's on Instagram that's an Instagram model, whether it be male or female, or that's a fitness trainer. If you sell fitness shirts, why not have them advertise for you? And, and it's not going to be too costly, especially if you get somebody that has only t- eight to ten thousand followers or fifteen thousand followers. It's not going to be that costly. I promise. Yeah. 
probably could just send them the shirt for free and they'll take it. And they'll wear it. If they if they really like it, they'll wear it. Mm-hmm. This weighs around all that type of stuff, man. Right. And they don't all have to cost. No. I think another one would be a pop-up shop. So, yeah, pop-up shop. so those that is huge for once you get once you get a little bit of a following on your yeah. brand, on your clothing brand, you can do pop, little pop-up shops. And when you have those pop-up shops, offer a discount. You know, offer 10% off, 15% off. Entice people to buy it now because you're not going to be there. You know, especially if you're online. If you're an e-commerce store and then you just have a you have a little bit of following, you pop up somewhere you, where you got a following and you're like, oh, I got so many on hand and I'm giving you a discount. I promise you, you're going to get sales instantly. You can make it like one of those fun pop-up shops where you're very interactive with it and stuff. That way you just... You connecting with the people, and like David said earlier, it's, it's emotional. So it it, you, it connects them to your brand because then it embeds like a memory with when I oh when I got this shirt, I was doing such and such as they at this pop up shop. Like just gives you a little bit more with it. Yeah, I met the owner. He was a real cool dude. Yeah, he sat there and chopped it up for like ten minutes. <laughs> Another thing with the uh, the t shirt things and just clothing in general, kind of just general marketing once again always make people feel like they're getting a deal. It, it, that's, that's like a rule. You you have to make sure they feel like they're getting a deal. Because you always want to feel like you spending your dollar the best place that you got. Like, people don't like just throwing away their money like that. Like, they want to feel like, okay, I spent, like, I got what I wanted for this dollar or whatever. Well, some people, you have some people that really don't care about money, just spend it, spend it like it's nothing. Be frugal over here. Yeah. <laughs> we buy clothes, we buy clothes for value. There's gonna be another episode we're gonna talk about how money is a tool. By the way, this shirt feels great, guys. <laughs> it's great value right there. Good plug, good plug. I have the cash high quality. <laughs> um, another thing, uh, especially if you're an online shop, would be having you spend so much you get something free or you get a discount on it. You get free shipping. Be another one. Is yeah. if you spend Say your shirts are twenty dollars a piece, but if you spend twenty, you spend forty dollars. Hey, you know what? You're gonna get a free shipping. That'll entice people to to actually go that extra mile to get that extra shirt. The big companies do that too, all the time. Yep. So it's like it's certain things that the big companies do that you can too, and it's not just because they're big companies they can do it. You can do it on a certain on a different scale though. Right. And sometimes. We're not saying that you have to take a loss, but sometimes you might have to cut your profit margin. But it's not always about, it's about volume sometimes. How, you, how much you can make. Yeah, you got to think about it. So I think sometimes people have to think about it as this. So say my profit margin is only $12, but you know what? I'm going to give a discount where my profit margin is only, let's say, 8 right? Well, so, yeah. I, so my, my I'm only, they, so somebody buys it eight, for $8, right? I only make $8 off of it. But then that uh, they go tell somebody else, and then they go tell somebody else that hell oh, we got this great deal. You know what? That eight turned into twenty four instead of me only getting that one twelve, one twelve dollar profit mark. Yeah. So now you make it. You got to think about it like that. You can't just think about it. Oh, it's cutting my pockets, or I'm not making as much money. You got to think about it as you need to growth. Especially, it's great for growth. That's what you always want to push for, growth. And I, I'd even throw in there: make sure that you strategically price so that you can do those types of things you know make sure that you price up price your product enough to where 
you're charging for the value, but at the same time, you're also making sure that you have room that if you want to give people discounts, you can. And like, it won't kill your business and it won't kill your profit margin completely. And even the same thing is like uh, what Jalen was saying. If you want to uh, price your products to where you're incentivizing people to spend, you know, okay, uh, I have a shirt that's $15 regularly. And I'm saying if they spend 40, they'll get free shipping. Once they already bought two shirts and they're at $30, they're, now they're looking at that third shirt like, well, I did kind of like that third shirt. I may as well go ahead and get it so I can get the free shipping. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that'll be all for episode six of the Black Rock Renaissance podcast. We appreciate you guys for listening to us every week, weekend and week out. Um, comment, subscribe. Don't be afraid to leave us a review. Let us know what you'd like to hear from us. We're waiting to hear from you guys. Uh, please go to the website. Go get some of those free resources and tools that we're putting out for you guys. The website will be in the show notes. Also, buy some of that merch. Uh, just play on the website and you'll find your way to the merch. This is Black Rock Renaissance signing off. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.